hi there. Welcome back. I figured seeing as we completed our orgasmic oddity last time, we should try out a brand new theme song. Let me know what you think. It's a bit on the horny side. Welcome back. This is the eloquent in the room and it is funky. I'm Rose Cooper and that's right, it's not very science fiction-y but rest assured it will remain geeky because that kind of happens every time I do that opening and closing of my mouth thing and sound comes out. So let's do that for a bit. Here we are at episode 5, A Slip of the Tongue, Part A, What's in a Kiss? Before we get any further on that topic though, I do want to unpack a little bit of stuff, have a bit of a debrief about 2020 and Orgasmic Oddity and the first thing I want to do is read you something. Hi Rose, I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning and I am loving it. I also find your voice really soothing. I'm 21 and I am only just letting myself enjoy sex for myself rather than purely worrying about the other person and making sure they were having a good time at my own expense. I realised how deep my shame around sex was not that long ago and how my first serious relationship has really ingrained some crap behaviours in the bedroom. For example, worrying about taking too long to come. Your podcast has really opened my eyes. That it's not just my passive people-pleasing character, but how society has pretty much programmed me. It made me feel so much better that others have had the same experiences and that there is a movement for these behaviours to be questioned and hopefully not passed on to future generations of women. Thank you, and keep up the amazing work. As you can imagine, it was very emotional for me to read that message when it dropped into my DMs a couple of weeks ago. It was exactly what I needed to hear. I needed to hear that the things that I was saying was exactly what someone else needed to hear. It's all part of the give and take. So it's nice to get that feedback. I've had some other feedback that's been really constructive in regards to the fact that I did cover a lot of bases in the podcast, little mini topics that I didn't elaborate on. And I knew that I'd get back to them eventually. The trouble is figuring out which topics to tackle first and in what order has been doing my head in for these past few weeks, besides everything else in the world that has been doing my head in. So there's been a lot of brain racking, a lot of writing, a lot of attempts at doing stream of consciousness podcasting, which I find really difficult. Like you're experiencing one now, me just sitting at the mic and talking. The orgasmic oddity was me reading something that I had painstakingly written to make sure that I incorporated all the information that I wanted to because I was so desperately worried that I might miss something out. And I was basically giving an instructive map 
to rewire people's thinking and to focus them on other ways of thinking about the human body, their sexuality, their biology, their primal urges and female orgasm and how it fits into the equation definitely in a different way than we were originally taught. So I got that point across and I finished with the vagus nervous system and vocalization during orgasm and I was so glad to find the link between those two things. I knew there had to be a reason why I had become so dynamically engaged (laughs) in my orgasmic process to the degree that I am in regards to the noise that I make. It should be embarrassing, I suppose, and, you know, the neighbours probably think I have a fantastic sex life and people coming in and out of my place a couple of times a week, but I am single and I have been celibate all year, so... They're just hearing me enjoy my solo time. That's the way it is. Um, So that's my version of female sexual empowerment. Other people in the music industry might have a different slant on it. We're all part of the same, hopefully positive influence at the end of the day. Um, Now, I've got a big confession to make at this point. I've been so wrapped up in trying to work out the best way to market the podcast on social media without actually spending any money (laughs) Um, and coming up with creative ideas and experimenting with stream of consciousness recording and failing at it spectacularly, um, that time got away from me and... It's getting towards midnight on Monday night and I have been putting the podcast out every second Tuesday. Uh And what I've been doing for the last couple of days is putting episode six together first. Because that makes so much sense. Because what I decided to do was resurrect an article from Australian Women's Forum that I wrote back in 1999 as a bit of a bonus style podcast um, because it's about oral sex. It holds up really well actually over the last 21 years and I thought it would do well as a recorded podcast because of the way it was written. And I did it as an experiment for a few reasons. One of the reasons was just to see how one of my old articles might sound as a podcast because I didn't write them with a podcast in mind, unlike The Orgasmic Oddity, which I deliberately wrote with a podcast in mind. The language that I wrote, I wanted to keep conversational, even though I was, you know, still trying to sound rather articulate and authoritative. And let's not forget geeky. So it was an experiment on that front and it was also an experiment in just how comfortable do I feel being really explicit and talking about really explicit sex. Like you think the orgasmic oddity was a little bit on the intimate and explicit side? Well, graphically describing oral sex gets about as explicit as it can get. So it's funny, it's tongue-in-cheek as well as really, really informative. Um, 
I do think it's a decent instructive guide. I really do. But like I say, it's it's half piss take and half deadly serious. And then I thought, you know what? Giving head is connecting with the vagus nervous system. <laughs> All that, um, you know, lip and tongue contact and breathing and all that sort of stuff. It it all ties in. I thought, well, I inadvertently, unconsciously hit on the best follow-up podcast for the orgasmic oddity ending about vagus nervous system. We're just talking more about just how cool the face is <laughs> when it comes to sex. Forget the clitoris for a little bit longer, Okay. Actually, I hope you have checked out the blog post that I put to accompany the Orgasmic Oddity series. There's a blog post on theeloquentintheroom.com that has a whole bunch of resources on there that you can check out to find out about all sorts of things, clitoris included. Um, but yeah, let's let's stick with the facial stuff for a while. So Did I just say facial stuff? I thought I'd record that oral sex one. And then this one was going to be just all about me debriefing on the orgasmic oddity and more statistics and more feedback and all that sort of stuff. And in the effort to put the oral sex one together in the last couple of days and then trying to do this off the cuff, I've had a little anxiety overload and (laughs) I'm sorry I can't brain. Fortunately it occurred to me that another article I wrote only about seven years ago about kissing also tied into the vagus nervous system. Well fuck me sideways. Yep I'm a genius. I'm a freaky fucking genius. So now we've got a two-part series (laughs) On Slipping the Tongue. This one is a lovely ode to kissing. It's also a very strong hint to women about how they can be more proactive and empowered in leading the sexual conversation. Don't wait for things to happen. Make them happen. And for me, I make things happen with a kiss. So without further ado, let's give that a spin and then I'll speak to you on the other side of it. So what's in a kiss? This spectacularly singular act can be every bit as complex and fascinating as human sexuality itself. It's also taken ridiculously for granted. So scientifically, what's in a kiss? Now, I am going to be very deliberate over this next bit just to give you a chance to really process what I'm about to say. Human lips have the slimmest layer of skin on the human body. What? What? The lips are among the most densely populated with sensory neurons of any body region. When we kiss, these neurons, along with neurons in the tongue and in the mouth, 
shoot messages to the brain and body, setting off a multitude of pleasurable sensations, intense emotions, and erotic physical reactions. Of the dozen or so cranial nerves that affect cerebral function, five are at work when we kiss, shuttling messages from our lips, tongue, cheeks, and nose to a brain that processes information about the temperature, taste, smell, and movement of the entire scenario. Some of that information arrives in the somatosensory cortex. That's easy for you to say. A patch of tissue on the surface of the brain that represents tactile information in a map or Venn diagram of the body. In that diagram, the lips loom large because the size of each represented body region is proportional to the density of its nerve endings. Kissing unleashes a cocktail of chemicals that govern stress, motivation, social bonding, and sexual stimulation. That's science's take. This is mine. In my experience, kissing can mean absolutely nothing, or it can mean almost everything. It can make your mind up with certainty or confuse the bejesus out of you. Kissing can cause trouble. A kiss can be innocent or guilty, intoxicating or nauseating, passionate or cold and mechanical, intensely erotic or hilariously inept. I've felt them all. I've been going the pash, shifting, snogging boys and girls since I was 12 and was pretending to kiss them well before then. As kids, my friends and I were quite obsessed with spin the bottle, postman's knock, catch and kiss, kiss chasey, whatever you want to call it. Not really doctors and nurses, but definitely domestic role-playing games. Kinky role-play, Sesame Street style, (laughs) because we didn't know what came after kissing and being naked, so we'd pretend to kiss and also pretend to be naked. When I think back to my childhood, I remember bikes and scooters and board games and a, a lot of naughty mucking around. Obviously, that set the scene for my future fascination with... Or obsession with... Stuff. My first real kiss happened on my 12th birthday. I invited boys and girls to my party and the last kid to leave was a boy I had had a crush on for such a long time. My big sister knew this and pretty much told him to kiss me or else, because what else are big sisters for? The kiss tasted of chlorine. (laughs) We were out in our backyard pool at the time. It wasn't great by a long shot, just an open mouth, no tongues, but I remember it like it was yesterday and I still feel a little tingle of adrenaline when I think about it. Not for any sexual reason, just that I recall that it felt important. I was consciously crossing a threshold from being a girl who had never been kissed to a young woman whose lifetime of pashing lay intoxicatingly ahead on the horizon till the end of time. Over the years, I've probably made out with at least 
twice as many people as the ones I've shagged, so we're well into triple figures. And I'd have to say that the truly gifted kissing artisans are very thin on the ground. Which, in retrospect, was a dumb place to look. However, I have been fortunate enough to have been kissed by people who have changed my idea about what kissing should be, and I know that I have paid it forward when I've done the same for other people. Indeed, once I fully realise just how good kissing could be, I usually take the opportunity to take charge in that moment because (laughs) I discovered once the fondling starts, most guys get preoccupied. Kissing is my chance to set the mood and the agenda, and sometimes it sticks. And if it doesn't, I just ask for more kisses. Because if nothing else is working, I know that kissing will always work for me. Because kissing is never just kissing, it's a highly nuanced conversation. I not only learned this from kissing good kisses, I also learned it from being in a couple of very long-term relationships where I had to stay constantly motivated to reinvent the kiss over and over again because, sorry guys, men can become lazy and complacent about kissing. Come to think of it, you don't often meet men who talk a lot about how much they love to kiss and yet it's about the only thing that Hollywood kind of gets right. Lots of kissing scenes. And in sex scenes, you see people kissing while fucking. It's not just some guy with his face buried in a girl's neck, hard at work, lost in his own world, pumping away like the Energizer Bunny. Kissing is two people connecting from the face down. Not face down, from the face down. Look, face it. Psychologically and emotionally, kissing can be a game changer. I've been really attracted to a person and then kissed them and felt zero chemistry. And that was the end of that. Conversely, I've been comparatively disinterested in someone and then been totally caught off guard by their mad snogging skills. Biologically speaking, it's hardwired into us from birth. Ritualized, familial kissing programs us to be affectionate or not, if it was absent during our infancy. It's estimated that primary caregivers might kiss their infants hundreds of times every day, constantly breathing in that insanely compelling baby smell, which in turn provokes all the affection and galvanizes that special bond, you know, that same trust and feeling of safety bond we continually try to recreate for the rest of our lives. The importance of a good kiss cannot be ignored. Many women who have difficulty achieving orgasm might still report being happy about their sex lives, and that fact has to be connected to the degree of lust and or profound connection that she's experiencing while passionately kissing, which can feel like an emotional orgasm at times. What else can explain it? Because, you know, actual, real orgasms are a bit special. Oh, you think so, Rose? Kissing is passion. You simply cannot be truly passionate without it. It's one thing to kiss with everything you have. It's quite another to be kissed back with the same intensity. It's the reason why the big kissing scene at the end of all cheesy romantic films never fails to make women excited. That's why they're called date movies. Remember the imagination thing I mentioned last time? 
After waiting the entire movie when the kiss finally happens, we can feel it right in the sweet spot. I hate to say it, but some guys simply don't know how to kiss properly. They just smash their mouth against yours and hope for the best or stick their tongue in way too far, too soon. No nuance, no subtlety, no anticipation. Not that I'm all that averse to an aggressive tongue, but all in good time. Patient. We know those kisses are meant to be subtle. Not very subtle. Hints at the upcoming penetration or fellatio you have on your agenda. But let us steer you in that direction, if that's the way we want to go. Otherwise, it's just gross. Kissing women, on the other hand, is almost always great. It just feels so good to kiss those lips and women seldom go at it too rough too soon. It's usually very tactile and erotic. <laughs> I can't emphasize this enough. Too often kisses can be dismissed as a prelude to foreplay. But word to the wise, as preludes go, it's easily as vital as all the other stuff you need to know about erogenous zones and spots and stuff. Because I'm so into kissing, it has made me a bit of a lightweight. (laughs) I get worked up very quickly during a good kiss. It's possibly even the reason I'm so sex positive, because I am so emphatically kiss positive. If the kiss is great, then it's on like Donkey Kong. Like Donkey Kong. It's been commonly believed that most sex workers don't kiss because it's deemed too intimate. Or maybe I've just watched Pretty Woman a thousand too many times. Not on the mouth. Who knows? I've been with people who come from cultures or religion or whatever that don't really kiss. But when I mention it's a deal breaker for me, they're usually eager to learn. Yeah, even for Tinder hookups. I'd bother to teach someone to kiss properly because we couldn't really take it any further unless we got it right at the beginning because I'm dogmatic about kissing. I kiss religiously. Did I mention the kiss positivity thing? To be really blunt, kissing is how I get what I need from sex. In a one-night stand situation, if for whatever reason I don't reach orgasm before, with, or very shortly after my partner does, I'll then ask them nicely to kiss me while I masturbate or they masturbate me. And then when I climax and, as we know now, yell, (laughs) it's often while kissing. This is my way of continually sharing and thereby magnifying the orgasmic experience. I think a good deal of the casual sex I craved over the years was in fact mainly a craving for that connection and that affection. The screaming peel-me-off-the-ceiling orgasms were just a cool bonus. Kissing is really spiritual. It's usually the first thing that alerts you either to the presence or absence of deep emotion, profound love, you know, the real deal. You can hide behind sex, but it's harder to hide behind a kiss. I've discovered, having had two long relationships, that the impact of this fact can sometimes be felt more acutely in retrospect, well after the relationship has ended and you suddenly find yourself kissing someone new, passionately. 
and something inside you snaps because it has tapped into something that you didn't even know you'd been missing desperately. A good kiss can be kryptonite. A simple kiss can mean nothing or everything. Kisses can make you cry. Kisses can make you calm if you're really good at it. Life is too fucking short not to make the most of absolutely every kiss. And now just take my word for it. Here's a bunch of cool quotes. A man's kiss is his signature. May West. Any man who can drive safely while kissing a pretty girl is simply not giving the kiss the attention it deserves. Albert Einstein. Kiss me and you will see how important I am. Sylvia Plath. I'd love to kiss you, but I just washed my hair. (laughs) Bette Davis. The sound of a kiss is not so loud as that of a cannon, but its echo lasts a great deal longer. Oliver Wendell Holmes. I can imagine myself on my deathbed spent utterly with lust to touch the next world, like a boy asking for his first kiss from a woman. Alistair Crowley, or is it Crowley? So there you go. How do you like them apples? Well, I gotta say, after listening to that again, after making it this morning, before spending the rest of the day struggling to get the intro right because I suck at stream of consciousness podcasting, I'm kind of glad things turned out this way. It's now looking closer to 1am on Tuesday (laughs) and it's been an adventure and a discovery day for me today, working out what I can do and what I can't do, pushing my limits getting anxious, sharing the moment with you. And now we all feel like having a big cuddle. Or is it just me? It's just me. Okay, guys, I do have a long list of topics that I do want to get to in the future. I am going to get some interviews done. But before I do that, I actually have to practice doing interviews. (laughs) I am going to do some video stuff and, you know, cool stuff. I'm going to really get into this but I needed a few weeks to just sort of decompress and defrag after putting so much effort into doing the orgasmic oddity it was a big thing and I put my heart and soul into it and like I say getting that letter just made it all worthwhile so please get in touch with me slip me a message in my dms on instagram or send me a message at the eloquent in the room at gmail.com and don't forget i've got a self-esteem survey for you to fill out takes five minutes it's on the eloquent in the room.com on the links page stand by in two weeks you are going to get a very 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 explicit podcast coming your way about oral sex it's 
A slip of the tongue, part B. I suppose you could say I'm really rubbing your face in this whole vagus nervous system thing. Who knew where all this was going to lead? Not me. (laughs) Um, I suppose you're thinking at the end of this episode that I might do another musical montage and remind you to like, rate, review, subscribe and share me on your podcast platform or social media. But um, I'm kind of going to restrict doing that to what I could possibly get away with. I'm going to stay with uh, free music and unlicensed music and music that my wonderful musician son has embellished like this awesome new theme song. Nine eyes now.